All right, everybody. Welcome back to the best hour of their day. Fern here, fresh off a week in Raleigh with my cohort, Ackerman, back on the grind. Thanksgiving's coming up. Um, but today, uh, I've got my buddy on here, Josh Melendez, who owes CrossFit Be Someone. Uh, and Josh was literally just at my facility for three days in uh, November for the coaches development program. So we're going to dive into that a little bit because we get a lot of questions about what is that program about? Like what, what are the things that we cover? Um, but I figured it'd be best to, you know, take it straight from the horse's mouth and let Josh kind of discuss his experience, uh, good and bad, all of it. So, um, we're not going to mince words. We're going to talk about it in uh, all of its glory, but, uh, I know you're busy, bro. You got a gym down there in Texas, so I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll get to it, man. But thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show, dude. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you for uh, inviting me and asking me to be on the show. Uh, listening to the show for a while now right and it's almost like almost surreal to actually be on the show myself yeah it's cool so josh is also in our mentor group uh and if we if uh if we get to talking about that that's um we'll cover that too but largely you know i spent three full days with josh uh three long days um but just really really dove into the coaching aspect of it uh of kind of being in the box and all that stuff um but first real quick man like how did you what's your crossfit story how did you find crossfit so, as you know, I was in the Marines right, for four years. Um, when I got out of the Marines, I started going to school here in Houston. And I never going to uh, Texas A&M, which, by the way, hopefully it'll be LSU next, uh, this week. We'll see you this weekend, my friend. <laughs> um, so, um, while I was at A&M, I, I remember at the Marines, um, like around 06, 07, our sergeant started telling us about, telling us about a little bit of CrossFit, and he started making us do this from moving outside. To be honest, I really don't remember exactly what we were, what we were doing. I kind of thought it was just dumb. Um, but again, I was 19, 20, 21 years old at the time. So when A&M, um, one of my buddies asked me to go with him to the gym at A&M. So I started going with him for about three months. To be full disclosure, honest. I was hung over half the time that I was going to the gym at A&M. So my experience there, I can't really speak much about it. Um, it was, but it wasn't until I graduated and I came back here to Houston. And I found this gym real close to my apartment. Me and my roommate started going to it. And um, right off the bat, like, a lot of – before I graduated from A&M, I started really, really missing a lot of Marines, mostly the whole camaraderie aspect of it. And – when I started going to this CrossFit gym, just a, a little bit of it was reminding me, right? Some of the folks being real close with the people I was working out with, seeing the same folks over and over, just going to that quote unquote suck with them and coming out to the other side with them, you know, high-fiving each other or telling you good job. It was kind of reminding me a little bit about that. And it was kind of filling that, I guess you can say void. Um, so then I started, and then the former owner, he, um, he was a Marine himself. So we started talking. And um, we hit it off pretty well. So I ended up just biting hard into the whole CrossFit, um, what it was, right, what it was about. So I started researching a lot. I started looking at a lot of videos. And um, while I was working at my job, which I was doing the county work, sitting in the queue, which I completely disliked. Um, so I, a lot of my time I spent just researching CrossFit. And um, I started noticing, though, that a lot of what CrossFit was putting out or what CrossFit was from like the, a lot of, I guess you could say successful gyms, we were missing. And I, I started asking myself, like, why are we missing this? You know, why, why aren't we doing like gym events? Why aren't we doing, why aren't we focusing on such 
things that that all these individuals are speaking about and makes their gyms great. Is there something specifically that you were that you have in mind there? So like you're missing all these things, but like for somebody who's listening, like what were a couple of those things? Like was it coaching? Was it community? What was it? It, 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 it was it was everything. It was all of the above. It was coaching, community, um, just everything. I mean, and and just to be honest with you, the old owner he was just completely done. He was about eight nine years in, and you could tell he was just burnt out because he was the only coach. Oh, there was another coach or two, but he, unfortunately, once I started coaching for him, I found out why coaches were leaving, and he just didn't want any part of it anymore. So he was just treating it as if he wanted no part, you know? So at the end of the day, your box is a reflection of how you, your attitude, whatever, how, how much you care about it. And so he ended up asking me if I wanted to coach for him. Uh, once he had no other coaches, so I was okay, cool. So I went to my L1, and I got my L1. And when I, when I was at the L1, right, my eyes got opened up some more. So when I came back, I started asking him certain questions about certain things. And I realized that I was like, oh, man, this place is at a worse place than what I thought. So I started coaching, and I really immediately completely fell in love with it. A few months later, I ended up getting laid off from my job. That's like the only gas market got hit pretty hard here in Houston. So I got laid off. Once I got laid off, the old owner came up to me and asked me, hey, bro, do you want to buy the gym? And to be honest, like, I, was in a, I was in a bad place at that time, like, like mentally, um, emotionally. I was in a bad state because also my, my ex-girlfriend, she was pregnant with our daughter. I'm about to become a father for the first time. I don't have a job. What am I going to do with my life, you know? And... He's asking me, you know, hey, do you want to buy this gym? And I'm like, it's like I almost felt like kind of a sense of duty or like an obligation to buy this gym because of everything that I had seen that these individuals, these members were being kept away from. I mean, really experienced what a CrossFit gym is. Like, I almost felt like bad for them. And so I ended up buying it. And that first year was a a big learning curve. So I bought my gym on March 6th. My daughter was born on March 11th. So in those five days, my life got very real. Learning how to be an entrepreneur, be a father. Dude, that's a lot in one and, week. <laughs> and then uh, and at the same time, I told you over, over there in Virginia, um, I was also with, I was, I was like messing with somebody making business leisure so with this one female. And she was supposed to be my partner in this. Um, but then fast forward to a couple of months later, she ended up stealing about $30,000 from the gym and I'm basically starting from, from zero, uh, at the end of 2017, December, 2017. And I'm really asking myself, like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to do this? You know? And, um, luckily, you know, um, I was able to get a loan. That was the first one I ever got my whole life. So, um, I got a loan and, um, that, that's how I was able to cover myself for the first couple, like two, three months of, of December, of, you know, 2018. So back up real quick. So when you purchased the gym, because I know people always have questions, about, and you don't have to give details, but <clears throat> kind of how did the purchase go down? Was it a lump sum purchase? Did you pay over time? Was it, did you just buy the assets? Like, So how I said earlier, I was in a bad state mentally. Yep. Um, even with my business degree, I did the worst business transaction I could have ever done. I didn't even ask 
this guy for like his tax returns. It was just so flagrantly bad on my end. I say I paid straight cash. Everything I had in my bank account cash, I just emptied it out. So it was literally for me like so like my stress level, like knowing that my daughter was born five days later and I literally had like six hundred dollars to my name at that point. I'm not covered. So I have the VA that covers my insurance. Yep. Cover my daughter's insurance, right? So if if my daughter would have been born with something, thank God she wasn't. Like what was I gonna do? You know, like I didn't yeah. I didn't um, so I, I paid complete cash straight from my bank. Looking back at it now, I should have taken that loan, at least for like half of it, maybe done like yeah. half cash minimum, you know, and then made payments just to give myself some breathing room. Um, so then when you took the, when you ended up taking the loan, was that just, to, was that just basically to cover overhead for a couple of months until you got your feet underneath you? Yes. So when, when, um, all that money was, was, uh, and then on that Monday, like I, I lost that money, like periodically right like, like yeah. month to month like it wasn't all at once but coming to the end of december there was not that much and i was like there's no way i could make my i'll go pay my coaches i'm my, my coach at the time when i had one coach there's no way i can pay just for the rent so i took out that loan just to cover that over at least for the month of january and february and so i could so i could focus on other things and aspects of like okay how can i make this gym better and one thing that I know I, I didn't do at all in 2017 was just because I didn't, I guess because I had the time or the, the the energy for it was like focus on my coaching or mostly focus on just on how can I make this gym better? What can I do? So come January 2018, um, every single time I, after I was done coaching the morning classes, I will go straight to a corner break or coffee and I will sit there for the next five to six hours just researching how to make this gym better. And that's how I, I ended up finding out about two brain business. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up going with them a couple of months later, which has for me personally has been a tremendous help. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, but now fast forward to where, where we are now, like I'm in a completely different state of mind. Um, yeah. So I definitely want to get it there, but I do think that state of mind where I don't want to say your backup is, is up against the wall, but there's, for a lot of people, that's an interesting place to be because I'm not saying that you want to hit rock bottom, but there can be a lot of benefits to being at rock bottom with, with regard to be like, listen, like I either get this done or I lose everything. And that like, that is what ends up prompting people to work an eight, 10 hour day and then go study for five, six hours because you don't have any other options. And sometimes I feel uh, like people get a little bit um, I don't want to say lazy, but they get a little bit um, lackadaisical because they're kind of like good. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not always going to be good. Like at some point, something's going to happen. So like you need to just, you need to just to adopt that mindset of like always trying to get better. And that was one of the things that I thought was interesting about you is when you and I talked about like the amount that you study, the amount that you invest in continuing education is is not the norm. Cause I mean, we talked about like all the courses you're planning on taking and all that stuff. And I think more people should be in that mindset. And I don't mean be in the mindset of like, you have to spend a ton of money to mm -hmm. further your own development. Uh, most of it you can do for free. Like if you just read one article a day in the CrossFit journal in one year, you would be, you would literally not be the same coach. You would be a 180 of who you are. Uh, regardless of who you are, like you, like, I don't care what level you are. If you just started doing something like that, that would be 
but like, what was your mindset in that time frame? We're just like, I got to make this happen. Well, I think um, for me, honestly, so just the way I've been raised and everything for my family, um, the biggest thing was I would look at my daughter, right? I, like, truth be told, again, I, I, we all have our own motivation and everything. I was just like, like, I, it seemed like, you know, like, up to the point before me purchasing the gym, I was almost doing the, the, the uh, I guess you could say, right thing, right? I wasn't, me personally, I wasn't living, I guess you could say, the most, um, I don't know, uh, best life in Africa. I was partying my ass off, all that stuff, right? But then after, like, I went to the Marines, I got my honorable discharge, I got out, I went to a and I got my finance degree, I worked at an oil and gas company. So I was almost like I was doing the, the right thing by the book. And here it is that as soon as my, as soon as, soon as I get the greatest responsibility in my life of my daughter, like everything that I've been doing right goes out the window and I'm doing everything the wrong way. I remember one time I even told my buddy, like a year into me, I told him, I was like, bro, I was like, like, I shit you not. I am terrified about making decisions. Like I was terrified of my own decisions, you know, because I felt like I was making all the wrong decisions now. But I always, I always thought my thing was my, my daughter. Like, how can I do the right things for my daughter? How can I, at the end of the day, just provide for my daughter, right? Because I, I know I'm, I'm fortunate enough now that I have my parents. After my first year of, of the gym, my, my rent, my apartment was over. I moved in with them. Um, they're about 30 minutes away from the gym. But so they were help, that, that was a lot of help for me. Um, but it was asking me, like, how can I provide for my daughter? Because I don't want to be this guy that, that, yeah, I got all these certificates to show my diploma, my discharge, but I can't take my daughter to the zoo comfortably. I can't even, you know, take her to the children's museum comfortably. Um, so my state of mind was, how can I provide for my daughter the best I can? And then, but one thing I didn't know was I thoroughly enjoyed coaching CrossFit. Like, it was fun. Even through everything that I was going through emotionally and mentally in that first year, I would completely lose myself the second I would turn my lights on and I would coach. And, you know, and I mean, they talk about presence and attitude. I mean, there's no lie to it. Like, that, that is a top priority. And I know my coaching is nowhere near where it is right now, back then. I know people felt the level of care and nobody ever knew what was going on with me at that moment because it was I was I would never bring it in I always lose myself in that gym and just seeing how people were having fun and they were enjoying themselves I was a man I was like I know I'm doing something right here right um and I wanted to keep that boat going so being at that rock bottom place that you were saying is yeah I mean like sometimes it is it is good to visit that um, and the answer to you really, you, you, you start to feel like, like, is this what I really want to do? Because I could have easily bailed and be like, let me shut this down, go apply at some other places, and I'm probably going to get a good, decent job. Um, but I was like, nah, I don't want to go out that way. And I want to be that person that like, if my daughter ever comes up to me and says, Dad, I want to do this, or I want to do that, I could live and tell her, but look, you can do it. Like, trust me, your dad has visited some, some deep in his life and I came out just fine you know or I could be like, you know what once things get hard fail and I didn't want to be like that right um, that's an interesting why and I think um 
I forget. It was either a TED talk or something I, I saw years ago that talked about <clears throat> you have to ask why seven times to get to somebody's actual why. Like you have to go seven layers deep because a lot of people would be like, oh, I just really want to make these people happy. But that whole that answer that you just gave, which is like, I want to be able to provide for my daughter. Like, I don't know that anybody and that you want to be able to tell her that's the way she should live her life. I don't know that you could go any deeper than that. Like that's a very deep why, which probably is one of those things that kind of guides most of your decisions. hundred um, oh, percent. And I think, I, and I think there's a lot of people who don't know what their why is. And it's a real hard, you know, if you haven't read Simon Sinek's book, start with why you should and then and then follow that up with immediately with uh eaters lead last and he just had a new one which is called the infinite game all of those are great books but i i think it's super important because that helps you make those decisions you know like and 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 a lot of that will change like you'll over time you'll add filters to anything that comes through like you'll run it through multiple filters as you start to grow and do all all of those things but so let's, so you have that mindset now, and then you start to make this shift, right? So I've got this gym that's basically about to fold. You make this mindset, you go full all in, you move in with your parents, right? Like this is like the epitome of like, I'm going to make this happen. I mean, I traded in my truck. I got a vehicle, like I did everything. Man. So that, that to me is generally, you know, like you can obviously still make poor decisions and fail, but like, those are all of the, the right decisions as far as like, I'm really going to do this and I'm going to sacrifice everything to make this happen. What were some of the things outside of your personal sacrifices that you, that you did within the gym that started getting you on track to put yourself in a, in a pretty healthy spot where your business is now? Um, I know just, just starting up one thing I simply started doing was just sending out a newsletter. And I was, I look back, I was like, Oh man, I'm a genius for this. I don't even know if other gyms are doing this. And then Kevin find out, like, oh, yeah, that's pretty damn common, you know? This is 2018, everybody. Not just like newsletter is breaking news. Yeah. But just some just small things like that, right? And I started doing something like, like, like um, meet a member every Friday. or we'll put a picture of a member up on our social media. Um, but it was really just, honestly, it was, it was me diving head first into CrossFit.com. I like, like, I never dove into this way. And I started hearing all this stuff. So now, just watching all these videos from all these experts, and so I started just taking a hard look at our gym, right? And then I'm like, okay, I'm like, what am I putting inside of it? What am I doing? What am I teaching, right? And um, going back to like just earlier when you were talking about my wife, right? My, 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 my members know, I always think about my wife and my daughter. They know it for a fact. So I operate in the aspect like, like, I am not a top athlete in my gym, and I don't give a damn about that at all. And because my thing is like, all I care about is, can I crawl and play with my, my little daughter? That's all I care about. So my thing, my, my priority list in my, in my, my vision is I'm a dad, I'm a business owner, I'm a coach, a friend, I'm a son, I'm a brother, uncle, and then athlete comes down there. Right. So that's the way I was looking at it in the aspect of like, what am I doing? How can I shift the same almost type of mindset to everybody in our gym, right? So one of the first things I started, we used to do stretch plus bed count because that's all I knew. And that was the right way. I ended up scratching that. We went metcon or strength, right? This is the way it's supposed to be done. Now I get it. I'm not knocking on anybody else that does stress on strength plus metcon, but I was like, this is what I believe in because I believe that this is what's going to end up you um, still being able to live in your 70s and your 80s and 
being able to play Marco Polo with your grandkids. So I scratched that. I ended up um, not, I ended up started finally doing like coach innings. I, I had another coach who joined us um, to help me out. And I started really, and I, and I started really investing into my, um, into my education. So my continuing, so I never, I, I used to never value continuing education when I was in the Marines or anything like that. I always, oh, bro, let me just do the bare minimum. I'm good, right? And, and then I really, I had a conversation with one of my members and she's working towards becoming a, a doctor. She was telling me about her debt and I was like, oh my God, like that's a school debt, right? <laughs> I was like, good God, you know, that hurts. But then after that conversation, I started sitting there and thinking to myself, and I was like, you know, I'm very fortunate that I was in the Marines for four years that I graduated from A&M with zero school debt, right, because of the GI Bill. So I was like, but now I'm doing absolutely nothing with my finance degree, and this is what I want to do. So I was like, I was like, so if I, if, so I started doing the math. I'm like, okay, kids are graduating school with like 40 to 50K on average on school debt, right? Maybe, I'm just guessing, I'm just throwing that number out there. I think that's about, I think actually the number is a little bit higher. I think it's closer to 70 is, is some of the reports that I've read recently. Okay. So that's looking at like the, the continuing education that CrossFit was offering. And I'm just doing the math in my head. And I'm like, if I just do these amount of courses, I'm probably going to just find myself in like 10 or 12 grand in quote unquote education debt. Now I'm not saying I'm over here looking for debt, right? Um, even though where I was financially, but I'm like, yo, I'm like, if this is what I want to do in my life, you know, it's not me. It's not me throwing my money away. This is for my education. I'm going to turn around and, this, give this and, and share with my coaches or more importantly, share it with our members, right? And make them better. Well, I mean, um, if you think about it, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what a degree from, from A&M costs. I'm sure it's not cheap. I'm, I'm sure it's something to the tune of 60 plus minimum. Most yeah, people, yeah. pe I think only 18% of students graduate in four years anyway. So most people, it's five years. Um, but let's just say it's 60K. Most people that I know, I mean, like, yeah, I would go with most, like are, are not practicing within a degree that they went to school for, right? right. Like they're, they're practicing in, like I'm not, I mean, I'm, I have an economics major from the Naval Academy. Like, I mean, I use some aspects of that. Like that's one sliver of, of running a business. It's just like understanding economy. But, but if you think about it, like there's a ton of people who are immediately investing in that or going into debt, not actually knowing what they're going to do with their lives. And then if you think about, well, I, I mean, if you were to top it out, I mean, you 12 grand over three to four years would be a lot for most people. So this is not like one year, we're talking about like 12 grand over four years for you to invest. So three grand a year on specialty courses, most of them are not a 1000 bucks. If you, if you took three $1,000 courses, like that would be more than most people, but people scoff at that stuff. I'm like, yeah, but this is your profession. Like yeah. treat it like that you're going through college and you're spending that time and money in order to figure out how I'm going to take that and integrate it back in your business. So um, I agree with you. I've always felt that way. And I, I always think it's interesting when people are not willing to invest money. Um, and even if you lose it again, it's no different than college. Like I think about like the number of classes you took in college that you don't ever use that are completely oh, useless. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's almost embarrassing, right? I got a finance degree. I did two years of accounting. And 
thirty k get stolen from me because I wasn't looking at my books at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, what did I like? What did I do, right? What did I really learn? Um, so, but now, yeah. So, so the first thing I did, I went and got my L two. At my L two, um, you know, Courtney Shepard, she's one of my yep. our. L2 yeah, she was uh, was previous owner of CrossFit Verve and is still out in Denver. I think she's on the fire department. She's on the right, yeah, Yep. So I remember when she was there. Um, she talked about, you know, if, if, if you guys ever want to come up to CrossFit Verb, just come check it out. Come. So I literally went. I went in, in July. And, and for me, because I wanted to get exposure to, like, a well-ran gym. Right? Because all I knew was my gym. Um, and Greg, I probably could save money, but maybe just find some other gym here in Houston or in Dallas. But that's who I, who I met at that time, right, in, in my O2. So I went to, I went to Denver. And I wanted to get exposed to wealth coaching. I wanted to get exposed to just a well-ran gym. And I was there. I went to, I dropped in twice during that week. And I took one of my buddies with me. And I exposed myself to that. I was like, okay, okay. I was like, this is, this is awesome. You know, this, this, is, this is like everything that, that, that CrossFit.com is speaking about, like, they're doing here. And... Mm-hmm. Is being is being done the right way, and, and, and people are enjoying this. It can happen, right? Yep. Um, so I came back from there, and and also when I was over there, it got me a little bit away from the gym. To for me to be like, okay, the gym could almost kind of like like two three days without me, right? Um, so in that, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of doing something right, and then it, it allowed me to really um finish my gym handbook. So I I came back, and I knew I always so somebody I've I've always like just looked up to and across the world I'm pretty sure some other owners look at them as is, is Ben Bird right over at New England. Yep. And he has an immersion program, right? Um and I was a man, I was I would love to go to an immersion program. The one at his gym. But he also does the weekend courses where he speaks about his affiliate excellence and and um coaching. He's down there in a like in a Next Real month, soon, yeah, yeah. This month down there in Texas somewhere, yeah. Austin. Um. So, in November of the same year, he was gonna be in Colorado, and I was like, you know what, man? I was like, screw it, I'm going. So I went back to Colorado that weekend. That weekend, honestly. So at that moment, I had been with, with Two Brain Business for a couple of months now. I started with them in May, and again, I I have a lot of respect and love for Two Brain Business. I'm still with them, and they have helped me tremendously. But I will say this one thing about human business is they don't, they don't talk about it in the beginning, but then afterwards, it's all 100% business, which I understand. But what I'm referring to is like your gym identity and aspect of like your, your core values. Mm-hmm. And they ask you to write it down, and then it never really gets spoken about. And maybe it was just who I was speaking with, my mentor, or but it, it, it was never brought back up. So... I was doing all these right things that you bring business owners to do, you know, getting your handbook done, um, getting contracts with your coaches, you know, everything that they teach you in two brain. But I felt like something was missing. I felt like, you know what, man, I'm, I'm doing all these things, but it's like sitting in a rocky platform, you know? And I went to this uh, weekend course over there in, in Colorado with Ben Bergeron. That is when it really hit me about my core values. 
we had like five, six core values at the time of the gym. I could probably name three of them right now. Mm-hmm. My, I guarantee you at that same time, my coaches probably couldn't name you that what were. My members probably couldn't name you what they were, more than likely. So at the end of the day, there's really an identity of our gym. Um, I felt like there wasn't at all. So there was everything that I was building in that gym was being built on a, on a weak foundation in my mind. It's almost like everything we do in the, in the Marine Corps is being built, but we know it's being built on honor, courage, commitment. We know it's being built on simplified values of always faithful. And we know that's, that's what, when it comes down to it, that is what a Marine is. So I was looking at all this, and I'm like, it's being built on Rocky Ground. I found that out that weekend when Ben Bergeron started talking about um, humble, hungry, smart. And mm-hmm. it just pierced me. It, and, and, and smart, referring to people smart. It pierced me, and it just hit, it hit me. And I was like, oh, man, that is what I want. I want humble, hungry, smart coaches. I want humble, hungry, smart members. And, and they told us to read a book called The Ideal Team Player. At this point, I probably had read like two, three books my whole life, like front to back. That, um, he, so on, on, a, on Saturday, he gave the affiliate excellence, excellence course. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, I did the coaching, the, the competitive coaching yep. course. After that, I went to the airport, I went to Barnes & Nobles, bought the book, The Ideal Team Player. I read it all in that one day, like seven hours. I remember there was a delay on the flight, and I was like, hell yeah, let me keep reading this book. And I read that book completely from the second I bought it to the second I landed in Houston. And I was like, this right here, this right here is what my gym is going to be about. So I came, I, I shot a text to all my coaches at the time. I'm like, hey, we're going to have a quote-unquote emergency meeting. And I drew up slides and everything. I was like, this is what we're going to build our gym of. Humble, hungry, smart people. And I had... I basically just took everything that Ben Bergeron gave us, the principles, and I just stole it from him, right? And I was like, this is what we're following. This is what we're going to be about. This is what I believe in. This hits home for me. And at the end of the day, like, our gym is a complete reflection of us, right? And so I was like, this is what we're going to be about. Um, so we started every, so every class period, excuse me, every, every class, we, we spend the first 15 to 20 seconds speaking about one of our principles about our core value to our, all of our, our members. And for me, it's just building character. Because I'm like, you know, it's going to be a point when we're 50, 60, 70 years old when you can't deadlift 350 anymore, but you're deadlifting 250. It doesn't mean you're unfit. It just means father time caught up, right? Yep. And do you have character to be like, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. And, but the, one thing that can always keep Growing, one thing that you always keep feeding is your mind, right? It doesn't matter. And so I was like, we're building, we're building people to become the greatest version of themselves as people, then as athletes, you know, because they're spending one hour with us a day, those other 23 hours, we have no idea what they're doing, right? So it's almost irrelevant if they're doing the right thing with us for one hour and 23 hours to doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And so that is, that's me, that has been the biggest shift. And this whole year has been built around, about build, building humble, hungry, smart people. And so every single class we talk about to every, every single one of our members, I send love letters about that. I send weekly text messages to our members about that. I post about that all the time. 
Um, but to me, that has been the biggest shift is really finding a, our core values, but not just saying, okay, this is what it is. And then forgetting it's driving it home every single day and just beating that dead horse over and over and over and over. Um, that has been honestly the biggest shift that, that has happened in our gym. That's really, really cool, dude. And I think, I think that's going to be refreshing for a lot of people to hear, you know, like I've been doing this 10 years and it's, it's still refreshing for me to hear people go through that process and, and understand that. And I think about it a lot. Like I'm not even sure like we, the core values things is, is tricky because you can just write some stuff on paper and be like, I checked the box, I got it, but does it mean anything? And I've for like the past six or seven months, like I've been really revisiting what that means to, you know, us at CrossFit Rife and our facility. Um, because I do think it's important and I don't, and I think if the core values don't stand like the test of time and they don't allow you to govern everything that you do, then you should keep rewriting them and keep rewriting them and keep rewriting yeah, them. Find out what works. Yeah. Cause it's not one of these things where like, Oh, this works. Like, and it's not, be, if you write them down, it's not like you're married to them. Like, you know, we're probably on our third or fourth iteration of that. And I'm super not happy with it because like, I don't think it fits. So I'm, I'm constantly rewriting them and to make it as simple as possible so that it's this blanket that I put on my business and it applies to everything, it, it, regardless of what it is. Like, it doesn't matter like that, that core value applies to literally every single interaction, transaction, process, procedure that we do. Um, so that's really, really cool. And I think uh, you should revisit that and ask yourself, like, is this relevant? Like, is this what I believe in? Does this fit my life? Um, cause it's important cause that will help you govern everything that you do from there. But on that note, I want to switch modes here a little bit and kind of talk about the CDP. So obviously you're all in on, on development. So you register for the CDP and we had talked a little bit and you were in our mentor group, but you come up here and what's your, you know, and for those of you that are, are not hip on the coach development program, it's a three day immersion course where you're going to show up to somebody else's facility and, uh, and you're going to coach like it's, it's a full on, you know, throw you in the meat grinder and, uh, and then, and then build you back up on the back end. But what was your expectation coming into the course? Like what, and then was that expectation met? Was it different? Was it, was it anything that you thought it was going to be? Uh, so, yeah, so my expectation is really what, what we see on, on social media right, or just read about an aspect of like this you're going to be um, made uncomfortable, but you're going to become way better from it, right? Um, you're coaching way better. Whatever, whatever it is that you specifically really want to work on, the program is going to be designed around you, right? Like, I mean, you asked that in the beginning on the first day, what is that we want to work on, right? So if it is you want to become better at evaluating your coaches or if you want to become better at teaching uh, a movement or seeing and correcting, whatever it is, um, that is what you're going to focus on. Um, and that is what you're going to really dial home for us individually. So for me, what, what I told you was um, I wanted to learn how to, be, how to evaluate coaches better, my coaches, and really see. I guess you, I, I think one thing that really stuck out to me, like always know the difference between objective and subjective, right? Yep. And, um, and then you also um, hit home for me about seeing and correcting. I mean, I'm only, I'm, I'm about three years into coaching now and, and I, I have years and years to still continue to develop my eye, right? Um, but I, I feel like I really want to hit certain things 
um, or get better at senior collecting, right? Especially like I told you, my one of my goals is to try to make it to the seminar team, right? So um, you telling me about the interview shows, you were like, we can't be missing that. Like we 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 did overhead squats the other day, and I was like, I'm not missing this again. <laughs> uh, but like, um, you know, so really helping me with my my scene and correcting. What am I looking for? You know, how can I slow it down? Um, so for me personally. My expectations were met, and I told you that. I remember when uh, on a, it was the second day, or third day, when you asked us, like even after the first day. So my 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 my, my experience was on on day one when I walked in there. I walked in there on on Monday. The course didn't start on Tuesday, and I took I took Cassidy's class, mm-hmm. the of high pulls, the toaster bars, and the double unders. And I remember telling you. Um, I remember like I was just so blown away at an aspect of how he coached a sumo deadlift high pull, it, was, it seemed so damn fast. And I was like, bro, this dude just spent like 90 seconds in this. And I looked up at the clock and it had like 10 minutes. Blown <laughs> away. I was like, when we like, there's no way that that was an hour, right? And, but I was just so blown away at how he made 10 minutes feel like 90 seconds just because he kept his words so damn short he just had us moving and moving and moving and moving and moving. I, 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 I had never, me personally, I had never been coached that way, you know, and I was, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> if, if, you know, like, if he's, like, coaching like this, you know, I'm pretty sure Jason is coaching like this. I'm, I'm pretty sure the coach is like, if this, this is the level of expectation of here, this is the standard that's been set here. Um, so just right off the bat, I was like, yeah. I want to learn how to do that. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, so, so day one, yeah, man, I mean, it started off at day one. And like I told you, it could have, you could have ended the course for me after day one. It could have been a flood that hit, but like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. The piece is done, you know, whatever. <laughs> but just, if, just on, after day one, watching Cass coach and then actually starting the first course and then you saying, Hey guys, no, you really got a friend of me that you always text. And I, I told you, I personally felt like that was a hundred percent genuine. And and by the way, I meant to text you the other day about asking you about a butt wink. But anyways, um, but you saying that to me, I was like just having that access to y'all. It was like, man, that's, that's pretty badass. But then you telling us about the whole point of performance, faults and cues, writing those things down for every single for every single movement having that as your ammo and walking into class knowing that if I see these, if I know my points performances, I know the common faults, I know exactly what cues to throw out there, right? Or have an idea at least, right? Yeah. Um, that to me, I was like, damn, like that, it, that, that, that just itself, just getting that knowledge from you and then seeing it and then writing it down, I was like, that to me personally, you could have ended the CDP after day one and I would've been like, well, all right, cool. Well, what's funny about that is I explain it a little bit differently, but that information is free, by the way. Like, you don't have to do the CDP to get that information. Oh, like, yeah. No, just no, open no, up the level one trainer guide. And I think what's interesting about that is I've been beating people to death with that concept for years, but I don't think it actually sticks until somebody has to sit in front of me and they actually have to do it. And yeah. then it becomes a real life thing where, not, where I just ask somebody, I want you to tell me the points of performance for the squat. And they, and they say, 
uh, start standing up all the way. And I'm like, nope, all right, we've, we've failed already. You know, it's just like, listen, you have to know these things. It's not, it's not good to just conceptually understand the idea. Like you literally have to be in possession of those words and say neutral spine, weight in the heels, line of action, hip crease below the knee, knees tracking the toes. And it just has to be like that. And if you can't do that, then we just need to study a little bit more. Yeah. But I don't think people really understand the power of that, that quite frankly, very limited amount of information. Like I just don't think they grasp it. And it's, and, I, and unfortunately I do believe at this point, having done it enough that people will not adopt the importance of that until you make it painful for them. When you ask them in front of a group, go tell me the points of performance for the deadlift and they go and I'm just like listen that's that is not good enough and you can't expect to be able to see and correct if you don't know that information like it's just not going to happen you're going to be mediocre at best um so yeah I think it's super important and then so we so just for everybody listening like Josh is a good coach so like presence and attitude is on is is on par like I think he did a good job with his lesson plan but what we started looking at because he wanted to see incorrect and a lot of people will give what they want but it might not be accurate like after watching a couple of things that you did I was like okay I think this is an accurate um uh kind of request on like what he wants to improve at so what was so then you started teaching classes and then like what was what was the most uncomfortable aspect of the course for you Oh, by far, being in front of individuals, you have no idea who they are. Um, I mean, for the past three years, I've been coaching the same people, right? For the most part, right? I know their injuries. I know their abilities. I know who actually, quote unquote, pushed, who actually kind of take the, you know, you give them a little friendly pat, right? Like, I know all this stuff about my mm-hmm. So going into um, your gym, I'm like, okay, these people, I have no idea who these folks are, right? And I know I don't have, I don't know who's injured, I don't know who can do what, I don't know if somebody just, is, this is their first day in CrossFit, um, or if this is their 10th year. And also just knowing, again, I go back, knowing to what I was just exposed to with Cassie, like, and then from you, and I'm like, these folks have a certain level of expectation for coaching. <laughs> so like, <laughs> Like these folks, like it's kind of like you know, like they know what to expect. They know the bar, like you know, like I can't, like I can't make some homemade pizza and tell them it's Papa John's, right? Like <laughs> they're gonna know the difference. So I'm like, okay, I need to make sure I'm on there. But at the same time, I'm, so but I'm also having to tell myself, like, listen, if I'm if I'm trying to be where this is at or Cassie, like I'm gonna completely fail, right? Um, because I'm not there. I have years and years. And so I'm like, okay, and I, and, I, and I got to try to keep this extra stress level that we as individuals put on ourselves, right? Um, so I had to like almost take a deep breath, then just kind of remind myself, honestly, like, honestly, like I know what I'm doing, right? Um, and, just, and then when the second I started talking at the whiteboard, I felt good. The second we broke out and started coaching, and you started riding on that pad. I'm like, oh, oh, so that stress almost came back, right? Um, but it was good though. Um, and just knowing that, like, I would be like, damn, I missed that. And I would look over and I see you riding, and I'm like, so, so, so it like kept me really on point. It really made me have to go back to, like, go back to, you know, like, not saying that I, I don't pay attention to detail now, but like, 
I know in the Marines, like especially camp, like you had to be a hundred and ten percent on. That's yep. all. I'm doing. I mean, at the end of the day, that's why coaching is so exhausting. But it's not just the fact that like we we're screaming go or keep it up or our energy is up. It's that attention to detail that is very very exhausting because you you your brain stays working. Um, and it really brought me back to that, like me having to really try to find everything I could. Um, and then really also, you know, like, like my queuing works for my members mm-hmm. and then being exposed over here, I was like, oh, my queue's not working here. This certain person, like, damn it, what else do I have in the, in the bag, you know? Yeah, like, so, that, so that going to another gym and coaching other athletes, I think is arguably the most important aspect of the whole process because I think about, so you could use the Marines, you could use a doctor, you can use a lot of those different professions because a lot of people always, you know, they very frequently have the question of, okay, well, what about like, okay, well, I do this, but in my gym, we don't, we don't have these athletes mixed with these athletes. And my answer is almost always the same as like, it should not matter who is in the class. Your process should work regardless. And if you are not prepared and the process is not working, regardless of who walks in that door, regardless of how many people walk in the door, regardless of how complex the movements are, if it doesn't work, all that's highlighting is a deficiency in my skill set and I just need to fix it. But you can't do that if I'm just in my gym working with my athletes, with my programming, in my facility, where the layout is where I want it, and I already know those injuries. And that it's just a really, really eye-opening experience to walk into another facility and feel completely ill-equipped to deal with randomness, meaning like just complete unknown. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits of the program is when you come in there, you are exposed to all the unknowns that really will highlight your ability as a coach, which is like, hey, you either can see incorrect movement or you can't. Like you don't need, you shouldn't have to spend six months with Susie or Josh in order to figure out if they have a butt wink or whatever. Like you should just be able to see it and then be able to get them into a better position. Um, But that's what I think is one of the most, most effective tools is because people come in there and they're like, well, I feel like I'm pretty good in my gym. And I'm like, it shouldn't matter. Like you should be able to walk into seven 11 and pull seven people out of there and teach them push jerk. And if you can't yeah. do that, then that's the goal. That's what we're pushing towards now. So, um, yeah, it's, I get it. And we, we don't joke about it, but it's, it's an incredibly uncomfortable environment. And I mean, I would venture to say that like there is 100% of the courses, like somebody will cry, not because we're mean to them, but because it's a lot you know, because people really, yeah, people really, really give a shit. And then it can be overwhelming to think that, oh my God, like I thought I was at this level and I'm now I'm finding out I'm actually not at that level. And that is emotionally devastating for me. And then it's our job to build them back up. Um, But yeah, I mean like people crying because it's, because it's just overwhelming is very, very, very common in that course. No, yeah. I'm, um, yeah, it's it really, like I said, it's a reality check, right? And it really keeps you on your, or it really makes you ask yourself, like, almost like, 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 is this to me as fun as I once thought, right? Because um, you, you know how much more room you have to go, or how much more room you have, that you have to grow. And for some folks, it's kind of like, ah, uh, I'm good where I'm at, you know? Um, 
but like, I mean, to me, that was like, it, it just getting that immediate feedback from you, like right there and then there was no waiting the next day. It was right then and then we got fixed this. Now I went back to my other class and tried to put that into play. Um, that itself, you know, just getting that immediate feedback and then looking at having the notes here with me now. And I, I glanced at it. I glanced at it. And I know you said, go back home, take some time. I was looking at it immediately, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm not holding back. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I really want to get to the point where I believe I can get to, you know. Um, I mean, something like, I mean, we don't have ski at the gym. I've never used a ski erg. You had to ski erg at your gym on day three. Now, again, some folks would say it's a pretty simple movement, right? But still, you know, um, having a coach that I had never coached, never touched, kind of tell people what to expect to feel. Like, I've never, I don't know what to expect to feel, you know. Um, and that and that statement that you just made, which is like, you know, it's a pretty simple movement. And, and, and that is something that, like, I will regularly push back on. I'll agree with you that it is is largely fairly simple, but that doesn't mean that we don't teach it, and it doesn't mean that we, and it doesn't mean that we don't coach it. And that's where I think you can really make people uncomfortable because they don't teach the simple things because they aren't really pushing and striving to provide a better product until until somebody stands behind them and says, "Do it again. That's not good enough." Like that 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 was an ineffective means of teaching the ski erg because we did that i don't remember how long we did that but everybody was freaked out about the ski erg because nobody had done it before that nobody had taught it so we broke off in between classes and i said all right here's what's going to happen everybody's gonna we're gonna take turns and you're each gonna teach the three of us as a group how to how to how to get on the ski erg and how to do it and that probably took 30 to 45 minutes and it was like nope start over nope start over do it again that doesn't make sense try it you know like and it was just wash rinse repeat wash rinse repeat over and over and over but nope they hadn't done that before and it's like okay well how do we get better at it and it's practice i think well again again like what you're saying about, about the simple thing right it's really easy to fall into my mind oh, simple i'm good with it and then that remember i asked you about the ad mass sit-ups and whatnot but remember what you brought to me doing the, the one warm-up that i did mm-hmm. um, with the broad jump yep like it's a broad jump right quote-unquote simple movement but like coach it bro you know and so like to me i'm so now i look at i'm like how many of these quote-unquote simple movements did i not coach so just for context uh i forget what the workout was that day but josh had broad jumps in the warm-up and i'm a big fan of broad jumps i just i'm a big fan of like anything that is like jumping centric or plyometric that this simultaneously develops like coordination and explosive power but he was teaching it. And then after, afterwards, I was like, hey, why didn't you teach the broad jump? And I think your, your response was like something along the lines, it's just a broad jump. And, I'm, but, and my point was, there's a lot of things that we can teach about the broad jump. Where should their feet be? Think about the number of things that the broad jump carries over to. And if they do it poorly, then that's going to carry over into these other movements, which is hip extension. And then coach the landing. Where should their feet land? Should their knees track over their toes? Like we should be teaching and coaching all of that stuff. And anytime you do that to somebody who hasn't done it before, their eyes get real big and they're just like, oh, I don't, I don't normally quote, quote unquote coach until the workout starts. And, and that's the thing, I think, uh, like, I'm not trying to put defense on myself, but maybe if broad jumps was in, was in the actual workout, I probably would have been like, okay, let's look at your broad jumps. But I think where I placed it, right, in the warm-up. And that's one thing where now I really realized, like, okay, the warm-up, we're going to coach, like, when the clock starts, like, it's coach time, bro. And to coach it, right? Even though it's in the warm up, like fix them right then and there, and keep it going. Um, I think that's what that, for my 
one of my, I guess, I guess the mindset, one of my things that I would do is maybe not, obviously not coach the warm-ups as much as I would coach the actual movements because you could look at the warm-up and be like, oh, it's a warm-up. They're good. Um, but that's not right, right? So oh, yeah, because if that, we that, that really, yeah, because if we think about what the warm-up is for, it's, it's, it's to prep for the movement. And, and this is common. You know, people don't coach nearly as much in the warm-up. Or maybe they coach a lot in the warm-up and then don't coach in the workout. And it could be either or depending on the coach. But, you know, the point is we do a lot of both. And the second we break from the whiteboard, we're coaching. Like we're doing some teaching at the whiteboard. But then like for, from, from zero to 60, we're, we're teaching, we're seeing, we're correcting the entire time. And I think sometimes it just takes a little bit of pressure to, for us to acknowledge that we're just not doing as much as we could and should be doing to give those people the value that they expect. Right. So definitely, I mean, and then another thing that, that, that really helped me out was how you told like, right, reps, kill them with reps, right? Just make them do reps, give yourself more opportunities to coach. And one thing that you really hit home for me was like that two to three times rule in the aspect of how many reps you do uh, as a group and also um, the allocation of your reps and the aspect of how many reps are you doing for the um, progressions versus how many reps are you actually doing for the movements. And I never looked at that. I never dissected that. I thought, oh, progressions are good. Let's do a couple of reps here. Good. Um, so being exposed to that now, now, I mean, we did, like I said, we did overhead squats so here at the gym. And I have 14 people in my class. And I, I made them do, in the beginning, I made them do 10 air squats. And then I made him do 10 waiter squats, uh, the overhead squats. And then yep. I made him do 20 squats with the stick. And then I made him do 10 uh, overhead squats with the barbell. So I, I exposed myself. I remember he said, you expose yourself to reps, right? And you take the full count. That's 50 reps a person. 14, I exposed myself to 700 reps in, the, in that 10, 11-minute time frame. So that's 700 opportunities that I get to fix people, right? And I could see the, the individual, some of them grimacing, right? Some of them kind of was like, man, like, just let me get to the overhead squats, bro, because they're not used to it. Yep. Right? They're not used to doing all these reps and then getting to the movements. That's something that they're, gonna, they're just going to have to just get to, like, <laughs> too damn bad. Well, um, they'll buy into it because once they realize that, that they're, that's what's going to make them better, then, they're, yeah, then, it's just, then it's just part of what you do. And it's the expert. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And but yeah, so it's, it's just like once they realize that they're moving better, they're lifting better, they're, um, okay, cool, I'm in. Um, but yeah, so going back, like, I gave myself 100 opportunities to make these 14 athletes better. I better have made them somewhat better. <laughs> right. Um, if not, not, I need I need to really figure out what I'm doing. Right. Um, but yeah, so I mean that that alone, I was like, man, like this just makes so much sense, right? Instead of me just making them do what total of like five, ten overhead squats. All right, good to go, guys. Let's put some weight on there. Let's let's do some heavy and then it's whatever. Um, like if my job is here to make people move better, like. And I, and I just made a post about this yesterday in my social media, and I, and I wrote, like, a basketball player does not become proficient at shooting a basketball just 10 times um, a time in practice. They shoot it hundreds of times. So the same thing in CrossFit, right? We need reps and reps and reps and reps um, to become proficient in movement. Yep. So I, people sometimes can almost, like, forget about that 
and think like, oh, just a couple of reps, they'll get to go. Yeah, but then you have to ask yourself, like, did they get better? You know, like, are yeah. they better for having been with me for that warm up? And if they're not, then I need to revisit what I'm doing. Like, so they I, should get better from rep one to rep fifty or rep whatever it is. Yeah, and and and, and like, on all honesty, I didn't tell you this. Um, I just didn't think about it while I, while I was over there. But I remember, like, I had I heard so many times, right? Reps, reps. You know, you want more reps. You want more reps. And like I told you, I had just been evaluated by another coach here in Houston that I reached out to. That's what he hit me with reps, bro, reps, reps. And I started asking myself, just be person. I'm like, I've been hearing this for so long. I've been hearing about it, but yet I'm not doing it. I'm like, am I not doing it because I don't want to do it? Or am I not doing it because I'm almost like scared to make people do more reps because I don't know how to fix them. And it's almost like make them do four or five reps and people could almost mask movement in four or five reps they can make four or five reps look pretty good right 100 percent. and once they get more reps deep, deep down is when you start to see those faults so i'll start asking or am i just more reps because i don't and then exposing me as a coach that i am the 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 lack of knowledge that i that i have or or my inability to correct certain things so you know that, that's what I started asking. So when I went over there to, to Virginia, right, that's why I was like, oh, I, need, I need to work on my team and correcting. Like, I just, I just know I need to. Um, so that's one thing. I mean, I've been taking videos, watching my athletes move in slow-mo, um, watching my coach when they coach, watching their athletes move, just doing everything I can on my end right now to really work on that, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, I, I compare it a lot to, like, playing sports or, or, or actually becoming proficient at anything. I just remember – you know, when I made the transition from high school to college basketball, it was, it was like everything at the peak of my high school career, it was almost like the game was in slow motion all the time. I was always ahead. I was always anticipating. And then I go to college or actually before that, when I went to prep school, it, it was almost like everything went from slow motion to fast forward. And my mind couldn't process what, what was going on because everybody was better. And it was the, the speed of the game was faster. The reaction time would needed to be less. And it took me reps and reps and reps in five years before the game started to slow down again so that I could kind of process what was going on around me. And it's no different with coaching and watching movement. It's at first, it feels like you can't see anything because everything's happening in fast forward. But in order to get things to slow down, I need reps. And the fastest way to get things to start to slow down is to start doing more reps, but that have to be intentional about those reps. Like those reps have to have a purpose. I'm not just calling reps for the sake of calling reps. Like I should be engaged in those reps. The members should be engaged in those reps. And that is how you make 10 minutes feel like 90 seconds is when they're intentional and you're engaged in those reps and those reps have a purpose. Um, but it's hard and it takes time until that starts to slow down because I'm able to process things at a faster rate because I've done it so many times. And I don't mean me, I mean a coach. So right. um, it is super important. And there's only one way to do that. You just have to do more of it. Yeah. Well, listen, bro, I think, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, I mean, like what you were saying about, about having folks actually do like meaningful reps, right? And RN, like how you were speaking about empty reps and they become unmeaningful. So I really like, you have to, they have to be meaningful reps. Yeah. I, th I think 
what I really want people to, to take away from that CDP is, is just to have a little bit higher expectation for themselves. You know, I think a lot of people come in and their expectation is here or they think it's high and then we have to recalibrate what the expectation should be. And, and if people walk away with nothing other than that, then I think that we've done our job. If we, if we've literally just moved to the bar for you and say, listen, this is what you should be shooting for then they will go back and they will do the things that you've been doing since you left, which is like working on the, the minutia, you know, setting up small groups that don't have any athletes in them and just practicing that way. And I think all that stuff is really, really beneficial. And um, I hope this gives people a little bit better insight into what the CDP is about and like what the value is, because I do think it's one of the more valuable courses out there because there's nothing else like it. Like there's no other way where you can go in or there's no other place where you can go in and have somebody put eyeballs on you for three days and like, we spent like some long days together. I mean, I think each we spent like 12 hour days for three days. So, um, I, I appreciated it and it, it's always humbling for me, for, for me to, for people to come here and, and allow me to coach them. So, you know, I appreciate it, but more importantly, I'm happy that you took away from it, what you wanted to take away from it. All by, by all means. I mean, it was, it was every single penny was worth it. You know, um, I enjoyed every aspect of the long days. Um, they made better. I really feel a lot of it has helped me out tremendously. It's made me, honestly, it's made me even more of a confident coach, um, more confident. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me personally, man, if, if anybody out there is on the fence about it, just do it. If I was, if I wanted to become a, a professional football coach and Bill Belichick is holding a three-day quote-unquote speeding team, <laughs> like, <laughs> sign up, bro, you know? And I, I mean, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but you're one of the best coaches out there, right? And you and Cassidy and learn from the best. Um, so yeah, so definitely, you know, the CDP was completely worth it. Being exposed in the way I was exposed and being called out has helped me at that tremendous. I'm only two weeks away, or like yeah, two weeks removed from it. Yeah. And if I keep if I stay with it, I, I can well be by summer of next year. You know. That's really cool. Damn, that was only two weeks ago. That's crazy. Um, well, cool, man. Like if, if anybody has questions about it, you can go to coachdevelopmentprogram.com. Uh, you can go, it's coach development program on Instagram. If you got questions, like drop some stuff in there. Uh, and the good part is like they're expanding that course and there's, there's quite a few locations for that. There's only a handful in the States, but there's, uh, they're having them overseas now in Europe too. And uh, we have another one in January. If anybody's interested, I think there's maybe one spot left. But um, hit me up if you got questions. Go in there, take a look at those dates. But uh, it will be well worth your time. And uh, and you know, don't ask me if you. I mean, if you guys have questions, hit up Josh and hear it from him. You don't you don't have to come to us because obviously we're going to talk it up. But take you know, talk to somebody who's taking the course and get their feedback on it. Um, all right, brother, we've been we've been on here for about an hour, man. So I appreciate your time, dude. And uh, you know. I wasn't joking. If you got questions, man, hit me up. I, I answer questions all throughout the day if people got stuff about coaching. But um, there's nothing like being front and center and person to person for that kind of stuff. So thanks for your time, bro. I appreciate it. No, yeah, same here. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's been an honor being on your podcast. And um, yeah, man, I really appreciate everything you've done for me so far, man. Thank you. Awesome, bro. All right, guys, we will see you next time. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, one more time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and send us any feedback you have to at Best Hour of Their Day on Instagram and Best Hour of Their Day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. 
Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.